Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Good evening. How are we? Good. Good to be here tonight. Who, uh... Hannah's always happy to be here. Well, I think she's pretty excited to have Andrew come back uh, next Sunday uh, too. Hey, who, who here just wants to meet with God tonight? You know, I, I got blessed by that uh, worship set. I could, uh, I could listen to Hannah and Izzy sing all day long. They're, uh, they're a real gift uh, to, to our church and it is good just to, to sit in the presence of God and to... Uh, as we adore him, to, to enjoy his presence. And I, I pray tonight as I, as I share this uh, passage that God's put on my heart for our whole church. I'm sharing it in a, a couple of our uh, campuses over the next couple of weeks. And I just couldn't shake it. I actually didn't really want to preach this message. But uh, just God just kept bringing me back uh, to this passage and I'm just praying tonight that, that God will speak to us, that God will minister to us, that we actually might uh, hear his voice and know the experience, the power of his Holy Spirit within us. So let's pray for that to happen. Cool? Father, thank you. Thank you that you are alive, Jesus. Thank you that you conquered the grave and thank you that we've already sung and prayed and said you left your spirit for us you've given us your holy spirit spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline and as we started the year praying that ancient prayer come holy spirit uh, we pray that prayer again tonight would you come holy spirit come and minister to us help us to hear your voice May we know your love and your power at work within us, bringing us healing and hope in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right, I want to share uh, a vision, uh, an exhortation and an invitation. Okay, a vision, an exhortation and an invitation. First, uh, the vision, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 47 uh, most of you probably haven't read Ezekiel in the last uh, two days, um, and, I'm, and I'm hoping that this might be, you've probably, you've probably read this passage sometime before, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that God might speak to you through it tonight. So Ezekiel 47, will come up on the screen, uh, hopefully my eyes are good enough to read my Bible. Uh, it says, the man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate, led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling. Everyone say trickling? From the south side. As the man uh, went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through water that was now ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and he led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? 
Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There'll be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Enenglaim. There'll be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This is a vision that the prophet Ezekiel gets when he's actually living beside a different river. All right, They're living on the river of Babylon because the people of Israel, the people of God, have sinned against God. They've actually stopped following God's law. They've trusted in their own wisdom and strength and they've actually turned to idols and they've started living uh, in sin. They started completely disobeying God and God kept coming to them and saying, if you don't listen to me, if you don't return to me, my glory will leave the temple and you will be exiled. You'll be taken away as prisoners. These other nations that are bigger than you will, uh, will come and get you. He kept warning them time and time and time again and they didn't listen. And exactly what God said would happen, happened. His glory left the temple. And they were exiled into Babylon. They're living beside, if you read the first chapter of Ezekiel, it says they're living beside the river of Babylon. Some of you, if you're you know, old enough or listen to retro music, will remember the, the song that says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we lay down. Anyone remember that song? Dave Neveling does and uh, Andrew Owens does, but uh, the rest of you are far too young. But uh, it actually comes from Psalm 137. It comes from a psalm. And, and it says, you know, by the rivers of Babylon we wept and we remembered what we'd lost in Zion. They're there because of their sin and they're grieving. They're there weeping because they remember that once they knew the presence of God in Zion and now they've lost it and it's all their own fault. They've they got no one else to blame. And the first 30 or so chapters of Ezekiel, the visions that he gives are awful. They're not, they're not good visions at all. It's all talking about the people's sin. But around Ezekiel 37, there's a change. About 37 chapters in, all of a sudden, God starts giving Ezekiel these beautiful visions of the future. These, these visions of God's Spirit being poured out and bringing new life, bringing new hope bringing healing, and this is one of the visions. This is this vision of the temple where the glory of the Lord you know, used, to, used to dwell and they'd go to worship God there and they'd enjoy His, his presence. And they knew now that God wasn't there. But he gets, this, he gets this vision of this little trickle of water starting to flow from under the gate. And then they walk a thousand cubits, about 500 meters. They walk about another 500 meters, 
and that little trickle becomes ankle-deep water. And they walk another 500 metres, and what was ankle-deep becomes knee-deep, and they're wading through knee-deep water. Walk another 500 metres, and, and the, what was knee-deep actually becomes waist-deep. They're still up to their waist, but they can stand. All right, They're able to stand. They've got their feet uh, on the bottom. They're kind of still in control. They're not going to get swept away. They're standing in waist-deep water, but then they walk another 500 metres, and it says the waters are so wide, no one can cross, and the waters get so deep that they're deep enough to swim in. Can everybody say, waters to swim in? Waters to swim in. Waters to swim in. This little trickle, it actually gets so deep and so wide, it's so expansive that it's deep enough to swim in. And where the water is deep and where the water is wide, there's new life. This vision that God's giving Ezekiel, it's actually a, a vision of new life. It's a supernatural vision. He's actually not giving him a vision of something natural that's going to happen. You know, rivers don't start out, you know, really, really uh, skinny and really, really shallow. And as they flow, they get wider and deeper into the desert. In this country, we know very, very clearly that the rivers start very, very deep and wide, and as they flow into the desert, they get very, very narrow and very, very shallow. This is a supernatural vision. It's a, it's a vision of, of, of new life. Wherever the water flows, it says everything will live. It says the, the waters will flow, uh, will swarm with living creatures. There's fishermen on every side of the bank and they're catching fish by the bucket load. Who here likes fishing? Come on, hands up. Fishing, good, few of you. Who hates fishing? Okay, those of you who hate fishing, would you like fishing if you never had to bait your own hook and you were guaranteed a catch every time? Anyone changing their mind? I mean, this is, this is fishermen's paradise. There's a swarming swarming with fish, swarming with life. It's a vision of new life. And then he says, wherever the, the, the river flows, even when it flows into the Dead Sea, what's dead comes to life. This is, this is the hope that God is bringing to the people of Israel. What feels dead right now is actually going to come to life. It'll actually be wherever the water flows, wherever the Spirit flows, new life will come. It's also a vision of abundant fruitfulness. It says when the river gets deep and wide, that there is fruit trees of every kind on, on the shore and they fruit every month. Their, their leaf never withers. Come, what's your favourite fruit? Give me, give me a favourite fruit. Bananas, good Queensland fruit. Anybody else? Anyone got a weird fruit that they love? Lychees. Yeah, they're not bad, but they are weird. Doesn't surprise me with you, Andrew, but uh, anybody else got a, a fruit that they love? Mangoes? Fashion fruit? It's all there. It's all there in, in abundance. There's fruit trees of every kind and there's enough for everyone. Did you notice nobody said their favourite fruit was chocos? My grandfather, when he retired, he, uh, he was a workaholic and 
he had to do something when he retired, so he grew this enormous market garden. And when I was, uh, uh, first got my licence, he made me pick all the chocos in his market garden and drive them around to every person he'd ever met in his entire life and try and give them a bucket full. Yeah. Nobody wanted them. Uh, I mean, they're disgusting. They taste like grass clippings. But it's the only time, it's the only time I've seen this kind of abundant fruitfulness. And this is what is happening in this picture. There is more than enough for everyone. And you know that's what God's like. Look throughout the entire scriptures. He's always got more than enough for everyone. He, he's able to take five loaves and two fish and have 12 basketfuls left over after feeding about 20,000 people. He's a God who's got more than enough for everyone. His blood is able to cover over a multitude of sins. There's no sin that's, that's too, it's too much for God. He's, he's a God of abundance a God of abundant fruitfulness. It's also a vision of healing. You notice right at the end there, it said, even the leaves of the trees will bring healing, will, will heal people. I just want to encourage us tonight, this has always been the heart of God. I don't know what your picture of God is, but right from the very beginning of Scripture to the very, very end, the heart of God is to bring new life, to give an abundant fruitfulness, and to heal whatever is hurting within you. Genesis chapter 2. Read Genesis chapter 2. It'll come up on the screen. I won't read every word. But if you just sort of scroll through it uh, with me. You know, there's this picture of a river. A river that's flowing. And, 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 and God has created it for Adam and Eve. And on, on the sides of the banks, uh, there's fruitfulness. There's, there's trees go growing to bring life. This has always been God's intention, right from the very beginning of creation, to actually to give new life. When, when the people sinned and messed it all up, he gives them a, another picture for Ezekiel of his new life coming. Then right at the end of the Bible, in Revelation uh, chapter 22, in the last chapter of the Bible, this is how it starts. Listen to how similar this is to Ezekiel's vision. It says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. From the beginning of creation through all of humanity's sinfulness and one day to recreation, everything being made right again. This is the heart of God. Now what I want us to take a hold of tonight is that when Jesus stood in that very temple about 600 years after Ezekiel's prophecy, he stood up and he said, if anyone is thirsty, whoever believes in me, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, it'll be like streams of living water flowing from within them. By this he meant the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive because he had not yet been glorified. You see, this picture in creation, this picture of new creation, this vision that God gave Ezekiel, was actually fulfilled in the death and the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ. He says, if you'll come to me, I'll give you what's always been intended for you. It'll be like streams of living water. What we, excuse me for a minute. (coughs) What we need to understand tonight is that God doesn't live in a house anymore. God doesn't live in a house, you know, made of stone and wood. He doesn't live in in a temple in Zion. Those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are now called the temple of the Holy Spirit. The very Spirit of God that brings new life and abundant fruitfulness and healing lives in us. And if we come to Jesus and we drink all that he's got for us, all that he intends for us, it'll be like these streams of living water, deep enough to swim in. See, when the Spirit flows in us, new life comes. Maybe you're here tonight and there's, there's some things that you feel like have died within you. Maybe you feel like hope has died. Maybe you feel like some dreams have died. Maybe it feels like just your, your, your sense of purpose for the future has died. Whatever it is, wherever the Spirit flows, new life comes. He's able, God is able to bring new life and new hope for you tonight. When the Spirit flows in us, there's abundant fruitfulness. The fruits of the Spirit I love joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. We become more and more like Jesus. God's Spirit flows in us. And when God's Spirit flows in us, there's healing that comes. It's true. There are leaves that can bring healing. What do you do if you get, you know, too much Queensland sun? What can you put on your skin? Aloe vera. They're the leaves that bring healing. I don't know if you've tried it. But you can suck on as many aloe vera leaves as you like. It will not heal a broken heart. It will not heal the wounds within you. But the Holy Spirit of God can. The Holy Spirit of God can heal broken hearts. You see, the Holy Spirit of God can can heal what is broken within us that even doctors can't heal. You know, the Holy Spirit can heal and see what needs healing, that an x-ray will never show up. When the Spirit flows within us, there's new life, there's an abundant fruitfulness, and there's healing that comes. I think God wants to pour out some healing here tonight, some new life tonight. That's the vision. I want to give you an exhortation. I'm going to stand up for the exhortation. There's this little picture God's given me, and the book of Ezekiel is actually full of really uh, visual sort of very practical illustrations of what God's saying to his people. Some of them like this are really beautiful. Others are really awful. You read through the book of Ezekiel, some of them are terrible visions, but they're very practical illustrations of of God's judgment against sin. Here it's God's God's blessing and extravagance getting poured out. I just felt like God gave me a picture or an exhortation uh, for us tonight. I felt like some of us have got everything we need to swim in the deep waters, to see new life 
and enjoy the deep waters and ride the waves of the deep waters. And I know I look ridiculous, but read Ezekiel. He did some even more ridiculous things than this, I promise. Some of us have got everything we need to swim in the deep waters, but we're stuck in the shallows. I feel like God's saying it's time for some of us. This is the exhortation. It's time to step out of the shallows. It's time to step out of the shallows. You know, the shallows, I've got, I got uh, two little grandkids. They love little pools like this. You know, they're four and one. And it's, these, little, these sort of pools are great for them, although the four-year-old's getting too big. She wants to swim in the real pool now because she's learning to swim. But when you're really little, pools like this, the shallows are great because little kids aren't physically and mentally mature enough for deep water. And so they need to be in the shallows. But there's a time as they get a bit older and it's around four or five, they want to step out of the shallows and into the deep water. I mean, shallows are good for little kids because they're safe. They're manageable. They're containable. But they're also a little bit boring. It kind of gets boring. Most of you here haven't swum in a kiddie's pool for a very long time. I have because I've got grandkids. But most of you here in this room haven't because you stepped out of the shallows into the waters that are deep and are wide, that are a whole lot more fun. And I wonder if God is saying to some of us, it's time to step out of the shallows and swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. Some of the little clues that you might be just paddling in the shallows. Firstly, if you're here tonight and you're just weary, just emotionally, spiritually, relationally weary, you feel like you've got nothing left to give. It, it might be because you're in the shallows. You can't get fully refreshed in the shallows. You can kind of splash around a little bit, but you don't get fully refreshed. And some of you here are weary. Because you're not taking all that God's, you're not drinking all that God's intended for you. Some of you, another sign that you might be in the shallows is you're unsatisfied. You're actually, some things that used to entice you and thrill you, just don't seem to do it anymore. There's, there's some sin that used to entice you. And even that doesn't seem like enough, it's just not satisfying anymore. There's some other pleasures that used to be things that you chased after and it just doesn't seem to be enough. You're constantly unsatisfied. Maybe it's because you're just swimming in the shallows of what God's intended for you all along. Some of you are weary, some of you are unsatisfied. Some of you have lost joy. There's only so much joy you can have in the shallows. I'd say this is where I found myself a couple of weeks ago. I realised... God was calling me into something better. I just realized I'd lost joy. I actually had a physical experience of this vision, you know, on a farm. We had our staff retreat where you guys are going to have your uh, city retreat in a uh, couple of weeks' time. And I really encourage as Hannah did, whether you want the keep cup or not, uh, get to start, get to retreat. It's awesome. You'll love it. Anyway, we had our staff retreat at the same place. And... Um, we had an hour and a half in silence and solitude just to go and spend time with God, just to listen to God. And I wandered down to the creek. And I'm sitting there for about 20 minutes and I'm in the shallow waters. 
All right, it's ankle deep. And uh, I'm just, just sitting there, I'm trying to spend time with God. And I started to get hot and agitated. And I realized it was quite hot. And I, I looked up and the tree that was the only tree in front of me was, actually had no leaves. And then I looked closer at the tree and I realized it had been poisoned and it was dying from the inside out. And I felt like God saying to me, Jason, this is where you're heading if you keep living like this. I, I could come up with all sorts of excuses and circumstances as to why I'd lost joy. And it's very unusual for me because I love life, I love ministry, I love what I do. But I'd lost joy for a few months. And I realized I was poisoning myself with my own negative self-talk. I reckon some of you might be doing that too. I kept saying things like, this is too much, it's too hard, it'll never change, I can't do this anymore, I'm not sure i got what it takes. Just negative self-talk. I was poisoning myself from the inside out. So not what God was saying to me. I was playing in the shallows. So I, I, I physically stood up and I walked down to a different spot on the, uh, on the creek and it really was. It, was, it was, I was living out this vision. It got deeper and wider. And the minute I got there, as talks about swarming with living creatures, eels just started swimming everywhere. So if you go on city campus retreat, don't go swimming in the creek. There's eels everywhere. It wasn't fish, but there's eels everywhere. And I realized immediately there was shade everywhere. There was trees on both sides of the river. And the water was deep enough to swim in. All of a sudden, I felt cool and I felt refreshed. And I felt like God bringing me back to this passage and inviting me to step out of the shallows, swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. If you've lost joy, it might be because you're living in the shallows. Lastly, last one. If you're bored, if you're spiritually bored, you might be playing in the shallows. I mean, it's just boring after a while, isn't it? There's not that much to do. And maybe you're, you're hearing stories of other people riding the waves, this kind of adventure of faith, you know, seeing God, you know, heal and bless and just see, <coughs> excuse me, seeing, seeing God do, you know, the miraculous. You, you're hearing the stories, the adventure of faith and you're going, I really don't want that. I, sorry, I really want that, but I really don't have that. Or you're reading stories in the Bible and you think, my everyday reality is so different to what I read in the Bible. And if you're really honest tonight, you just say, spiritually on board. It might be because you're playing in the shallows. And it's time to step out of the shallows and swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. You see, there was a time when all of us had to learn to swim. It'd be different ages for different people. There was a time we had to step out of the shallows and learn to swim. It was a little bit scary. We were out of our depth. And we had to learn new skills. We had to learn to float. And then, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd do swimming lessons with my uh, granddaughter. And it's kind of, come on, Aurelia, swapping arms, big kicks. We had to learn new skills. And it's a little bit frightening. But it's all so exhilarating. It's this big smile on her face. 
Some of us have got to learn to swim spiritually. You see, the people in Ezekiel's time, they ended up in Babylon because they started trusting in their own wisdom, their own strength. They turned away from God. And they missed out on the blessing of God. Some of us, it's time to step out of the shallows and to swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. And it's going to take a step of faith. It's going to take some risk. It's going to take getting out of our depth a little bit, not living out of our own wisdom and strength. So there's a vision, there's an exhortation, step out of the shallows, and there's an invitation to swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. I want to make this really practical as I finish tonight. How do you swim in the the deep waters? How do you step out of the shallows and into the deep waters? For some of us, it is like the people in Ezekiel's time. It's a turning to God. We've actually turned to ourselves. We've turned to our own wisdom. We've turned to our own strength. Maybe we've turned to to other uh, idols. We've turned to other things. And there's, a, or maybe some of us have turned to religion. And there's a turning back to God. When Peter preaches the gospel for the first time, he's speaking to very religious people, very religious, more religious than us, very religious people. And he says, repent and turn to God. Your sins will be wiped out and times of refreshing will come from the Lord. The Spirit will get poured out and you'll be refreshed. If you're here tonight and you're just worn out on religion, turn to God. He's got something better for you. He's got something better for you. Some of us need to thirst for God in a different way. Jesus says, whoever is is thirsty, come to me and drink. It'll be be like rivers of living water flowing from within you. The philosopher Pascal, he, um, Blaise Pascal said this. I don't remember these words, so I'll just have to look it up. If I can read it. Uh, He says, we fill our lives with busyness, with distraction, and having done so we are temporarily released from our thirst it's really easy to live your whole life just going from one busy season to the next busy season from one distraction to another distraction temporarily releasing our thirst but never really being satisfied i just wonder whether tonight god's just stirring up he's just stirring up a new thirst for him thirst for his spirit within us i don't want to just go from distraction to distraction god i want you more and i'm going to sit with you i'm going to sit with you till i hear from you some of us are turning away from what we've been turning to and turning to god for others it's going to be a thirsting after god for some of us it's simply going to be a time with god it says in psalm 1 it says blessed are those who delight in the law of the lord who meditate on his word day and night They're going to be like a tree, similar to this vision, like a tree planted by streams of of water. They'll be fruitful in every season. Their leaf will not wither. How are they blessed? How do they know? How do do they drink in the goodness of God? They delight in His Word. They meditate on it day and night. You see, my, my, my deepest relationship on earth is with my wife, Susan, but not because we've got a certificate on the wall that says we've been married for 29 years. 
but because for the last 29 years I've spent more time with her than anybody else. And for you, you know, you might have a baptism certificate somewhere in your drawer or somewhere on your wall, but that's actually not going to be the thing that brings you into the depth of this relationship that God's got for you. For some of us, it's simply time. There's a turning, there's a thirst, there's a time with God. And lastly, I think this is probably the thing for many of us here today. There's a trust in God. It says the, the, the water is so wide that no one can cross and it's so deep that you can swim in. You see, when we put our faith in Jesus, we realise that had nothing to do with us, but everything to do with Jesus. There's nothing we brought to the equation except our faith in what he'd already done. And we knew that we were giving our lives over to Jesus and saying, have, have your way in me, save me, do what I cannot do on my own, to do what my wisdom and strength will never be able to do, save me from my sin. But what happens is some of us put our faith in Jesus, we trust in God at that point, but then once we've crossed that line of salvation, we just kind of go on living out of our own wisdom and strength, living out of what we're comfortable with, what we can control. That's never the deal. What God always wanted for us was from that one day where we put our faith in, in Jesus and, and we trust in Him and trust in Him alone, day two, same thing. Trust in His wisdom, trust in him, His strength, trust in Him alone out of our depth, out of our control, out of our, outside of our wisdom, outside of our strength, a life-dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight and you've just got a little spiritually bored, it might be because you've stopped trusting in the power of God's Spirit within you. Because when you live dependent on the power of the Spirit, following the risen Son of God, life will never be boring. You read the life of Jesus in the Gospels. It's remarkable. He feeds thousands of people on the side of the hill with a few fish and some bread. He turns water into wine. It's his first ever miracle. Us Baptists have been trying to turn it back ever since. But it was a pretty, it was a pretty incredible you know, uh, miracle. He spits in the dirt and, and makes some mud and rubs it on this dude's eye. He's never been able to see and he can, he, he, he can see. Another dude gets lowered through the roof, has never been able to walk, picks up his mat and walks out the door. And even at the end of his life, you know, one of his best mates cuts the dude's ear off and he picks the ear up off the ground, sticks it back on. It's a pretty remarkable life. It's never boring. Living in the dependence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of his life, you know, as Jesus turns to Jerusalem, he turns to, to Zion, to this temple, to lay down his life uh, for us. Gave up his life. His blood covers a multitude of sins. His body was laid in a, in a tomb. But on the third day, when they went looking for his dead body. The women didn't find his body, but they found his grave clothes neatly folded up because Jesus is a gentleman. 
But he's not just a gentleman. Jesus is the risen son of God. Jesus defeated the grave. He overcame death. And through the power of his death and resurrection, the power of his Holy Spirit living within us, the temple of the Holy Spirit, there's new life. There's an abundant fruitfulness. He's got more than what we will ever need to give us. And he can heal us from the inside out. I'm going to get the team to come up. I'm going to get Hannah to sing over us in a minute. It's just this uh, simple song. It says, Holy Spirit, fall like rain. Holy Spirit, would you fall like rain upon us? I just believe it's what God wants to do tonight. He just wants to minister to our hearts. He wants to fill us afresh. He wants to fall like rain in our lives. I, I, I wonder if I can just invite us to respond tonight. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you to do anything too scary, but I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are as I talk about some ways to respond, as I talk about some ways that maybe we need to step out of the shallows and swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. And I'd just love to pray for you, and then I'd love Hannah to sing over us. And I'm just trusting that maybe God's going to put a prayer in your heart for someone else here tonight. You'll find somebody else to pray for. If you're here, to, here tonight, maybe just close your eyes for a minute. Just close your eyes. If you're here tonight and you say, hey, I do want to step out of the shallows. I want to swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. And tonight for you, it's a turning back to God. You, you realize you've been turning to other things. You want to know the refreshing power of the Holy Spirit within you. You turn back to God. Away from your own wisdom and your own strength. And turn to God's wisdom. God's strength. If that's you tonight, if it's just a turning back to God, can I just get you to stand where you are? Just wherever you are, just, just, just jump to your feet just for a minute. I'm going to pray for you. Pray for you in just a minute. Good. Okay, there's some others of you. Just, just stay standing. There's some others of you tonight, and it is about a thirst for God. You actually realize you've just been running from distraction to distraction. And it temporarily releases your thirst. You just know there's something more you want of God. You just want something more. You want to know the power of His Spirit living within you. You want to be in a greater intimacy with Him. You just want God to stir up a thirst in you for Him. Just stand as well. If that's you tonight, just stand. Say, God, I want a thirst. Stir up a thirst within me, a thirst for you and for you alone. Anyone just need to stand tonight? Say, that's me. Okay, there's others tonight. It's just, it's about time with God. You actually get to this time of the year and you realize, I just haven't spent time with God this week or maybe this month. You couldn't really say, I delight in God's word and I meditate on it day and night. You just know 
So what the Holy Spirit needs to do in you is the spirit of power and love and self-discipline is there's some new self-discipline. It's to be with God at His feet, in His Word. Come on, if that's you tonight, you just need to respond tonight. It's just time with God. Just jump to your feet. Don't be embarrassed. Just say, that's me. I just know I've got to give God my time again. There's one more group of people I'd love to pray for. I reckon there's a bunch of us. It's about trust. It's about stepping out of the shallows and into a place that's outside of my ability. It's outside of what I know I can control. And God, I I just want to flow in the power of your Holy Spirit. God, help me to trust you. If that's you, come on, just stand to your feet. Because I want to pray for you. Anybody else tonight? Okay, that's cool. If, that's you, if you're standing tonight, just open your arms. Open your arms. Say, God, come, Holy Spirit, come, fall afresh on me. Father God, tonight, tonight, would you fall afresh on us? Pour out your Spirit. May your Spirit fall like rain on us. God, as we turn to you, God, may there just be joy. May we see the joy on your face. God, I pray tonight that we just see the joy on your face as we turn to you. Like the prodigal son turning for home. The joy on the father's face. God, may we see that tonight. May we feel that tonight. God, would you stir up a thirst in our hearts tonight. A thirst for more of you. Not be content with what we've received to this point, but God, we want more of you. God, I pray for those just need to carve out the time. It's a new discipline to delight in your word, day and night, to meditate on it, to let it live within us. And Father, I pray for those just saying, God, I want to live out of my depth. I want to jump into those waters to swim in. God, tonight, tonight I pray that you would release release prophetic imagination God would you release power for healing God would you release faith for miracles God would you release just an unashamedness a boldness to preach the gospel that you'd lead us to people it's almost like you'd just be highlighting people around us who just need to hear your good news and you give us the confidence to walk towards them, to share your good news. God, come by your Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.